What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Hope everybody is enjoying their quarantining as much as I am. Today we had a familiar friend on. We brought Will Smith back just to see how he was doing in quarantining, see how he was holding up. He came on with us to rank our top five NFL skill positions. We ranked quarterbacks. We ranked running backs. We did wide receivers as well as tight ends. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com. And if you have anything to say, shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod and keep staying inside, everybody. Sorry. We'll be talking to you soon. Don't come equipped with rearview mirrors. They dip as quick as they can. The atmosphere is now ripped. I'm so like a pimp. I'm glad it's night. So the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum. When I shoot the moon, high jump the broom like a preemie out the womb. My partner yelling too soon. Don't do it. Reconsider. Read some litter. Sure on the subject. You sure? Fuck it. You know we got your back like Cairo Pratt. If that bitch do you dirty, we'll wipe her ass out as in detergent. Now hurry, hurry, go on to the altar. I know you ain't a pimp, but pimp, remember what I taught you. Keep your heart, three stacks. Keep your heart, hey, keep your heart, three stacks. Keep your heart, man, these girls are smart. Three stacks, these girls are smart. Play your part. What's up, guys? Sorry to interrupt back here for another week. And we are joined by, obviously, one of Sorry to Interrupt and all of our fan favorites. The, not the one, definitely not the only, but our favorite, Will Smith. Will, what's up? Hey, Sean, Tom, what's going on, guys? Hey, buddy. Good to have you back, man. Uh, Tom, another good song selection, man. You've been killing it. That last one was perfect for our last pod. Um, Depressing. Give us a little background on this one. So this one's International Players Anthem by UGK. Are you guys both aware of this song, I would hope? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah, right? no, that's a that's a no for me. No? Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I heard this song, but probably not for the last 11 years. Well, this was like in the prime of your hip-hop days, bro. June 6, 2007, it was released. Got nominated for a Grammy, brought Southern Hip Hop together with UGK and Outkast. And I don't know if you guys knew this. Sean, you know about the song, so I don't know if you knew this. It was actually produced by Juicy J and 3-6 Mafia. So are we going to go see them in concert or no? What would you say, buddy? I said, are we going to go see them in concert or no? Well, we're definitely not seeing Pimp C in concert because he's dead, RIP, but maybe the rest of them. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds good to me. After this quarantining thing's all said and done, this song did get nominated for a Grammy. Got up to number 10 on the hip-hop billboard, number 70 on the billboard 100, which is bullshit. It should have gotten up higher. But another good song that's not from today that everybody can go out there and bump. No doubt, man. This brought me back to, like, sophomore year of high school, and it was a good time. I, I appreciate the selection. What were you doing around sophomore year of high school, Sean? How was the hair? Hair was much better than it is now, so that was that was a good thing. Fuck you, and uh, you know my my hair baseball. my hair was less gray. If you were wondering, less gray. Okay, <laughs> we're still playing baseball at the time, so that goes to show how far back that was. But wow. What about you, Will? 
Uh, yeah, I was still playing baseball too. Less gray hair. Uh, sophomore year of high school. Good times. Wish we could go back, boys. I wish I could go back to 07. Yeah, I'll take that right now. But anyway, boys, let's get into this. So what we're going to do is we're going to rank our top five players at each offensive skill position. So obviously quarterback, running back, wide receivers, and tight ends. And with a couple honorable mentions in there as well, our CEO here decided to give us the homework. Will, you as the guest, me as you know, the wonderful co-host sometimes lead. We're all ready for oh, this. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was good to go. Um, so let's do it. So, Tom, you start us off as the leader, as, you know, the sports feelings are and everything <laughs> else. Um, it's your CEO you're talking through- to, bud. <laughs> give us your five through one uh, quarterbacks. Uh, heading into 2020, which hopefully will be played on time and in totality. Hey, one can only hope. All right, so I'm going to lead off with the quarterbacks. Number five, I have Tony Romo. Great call. (laughs) Good pick. Good pick. (laughs) Just kidding, boys. Number five, I have Tom Brady. Okay. You cool with that? The GOAT. The GOAT. The GOAT, obviously he'd be, we're drafting for 2020, obviously he'd be much higher if we were talking greatest of all time, but this is 2020, number four, I have Lamar Jackson, three, I have Aaron Rodgers, two, I have uh, Russell Wilson, and number one, I have Patrick Mahomes. Awesome. Uh, Will, go for it, my man. Uh, At five, I have Drew Brees, still doing it down there in New Orleans. Okay. Four, I have Deshaun Watson, up and coming in Houston. Uh, three, I have Lamar Jackson, then Russell Wilson, and then obviously Patrick Mahomes, who I feel like is going to be one on all of our lists. Before we say anything else, I want to say, well, I really appreciate you not putting Dak Prescott in here. He's not even my honorable mention, so Oh, shit. Oh, He's in mine. See, see, to me, that's harsh. But So I'm going to agree with Will just – we're going to interchange the first two. I got Deshaun Watson at number five. You know I've always been a big fan of his. Last year when we had our controversial pod, my thing was is he hadn't played enough. It seems like you're time. higher on him, and I'm a little yeah. bit lower now. No. I mean, I always loved him, and this year, 2019, heading into 2020, he showed everything you need to see from a potential MVP candidate and top five quarterback. So, to me, he's number five. Aaron Rodgers, for me, is number four for all the reasons everybody knows. I got Lamar Jackson at three. What he's done in his first year and change has been tremendous. He's only going to go up from there as long as he stays healthy. I've got Russell Wilson at number two, and I have, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, who's not only the best quarterback, he's the best player in the NFL at number one. All right, boys, let's talk about this list, starting with number five. I have Tom Brady. Will, I think you said you had Drew Brees. Yep. And I had – sorry, Sean, you had um, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and, and I, I misspoke, uh, Will. I thought you put Rodgers up there. So uh, No, Rodgers is a new one. We did not interchange picks. Um, yeah, I had Watson and Rodgers. You had Brady. So, guys, you, you start us off. Well, for me, ahead, I, I think it looks to me like – 
Will, aside from Drew Brees, you went a little bit more with the future, and Sean, you really went all in with the future. For me, I just, if I'm making a top five list, and as long as Tom Brady's still playing, I'm going to put him on that list as long as he's not in a fucking wheelchair. I still think Tom Brady can go out there and win you football games, and that's why I put him on here. I know the numbers have slipped. I know his ability has slipped, but I think he's going to have a good year in Tampa. Will, go ahead. I put Drew Brees. I was going to put Tom Brady there, but I put Drew Brees instead, just because you know they play in that dome and you get to throw to probably the best wide receiver in football right now, and Michael Thomas. And you know he has ten catches a game. Drew Brees is throwing for three hundred yards easy every week, and that's why I put him at five. Tough to argue with. It really is. I, I left Brees off of here, and I left Brady off of here. And, and for me, it was really you know Brees missed five weeks this past season. And he's come up short in a couple of postseason games in the last few years, not playing all that well. For me, Brady is he didn't he had a great year last year, but you know, we need to see what he's gonna do in Tampa and I think that's the perfect setting for him. And and if I were to go ahead and prognosticate, I'm gonna say that next year he'll be in the top five having Godwin and Evans, Howard and the rest, but you know, I just looked at what Deshaun Watson did for the Houston Texans last year. And he was a guy I loved coming out of Clemson, beating Alabama, you know, that one time, and also just having a tremendous college career. My biggest thing with him was I need to see you healthy, and I need to see you in big games before I can put you on a certain kind of list. And he did that in 2019. He had MVP moments. He had top five quarterback moments. And uh, as long as this guy can stay healthy, he's a top five quarterback in the league just based off of what he can do. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you there. And, Will, I, you're right. Brees can still put up the big numbers, but the reason why I threw Tom Brady on here, Brees was a very close number six for me, um, was just because of the playoff woes in the last couple years. It's been a little fluky, the pass interference. Um, what was it? About I guess you would say two years ago now, and then three years ago you go with, uh, with Stefan Diggs taking it to the house on them. But... Brady's still got a Super Bowl under his belt in the recent years, so that's why I threw him on there. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I just like how Brees plays, and you know, at home at least, and obviously thrown to the, probably the best wide receiver in football, and that's why I put him on my list. No but uh, Tom Brady was a close five. But uh, Tom, I do have a question: Are you shocked that Kirk Cousins isn't on Sean's list? <laughs> I'm shocked that I didn't put Case Keenum on my list. Getting the two of them confused, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I am a little surprised, Sean. Um, why don't you talk about the massive mistake you've made for about the 800th time on this podcast? And just remember that <laughs> Will called you out, not me. Will set me up for that one. <laughs> in the five honorable mentions, he's my last. Wow, he's not in mine. Yeah. Will, is he in yours? Uh, he is not. See, here's the thing with, with Sexy fantasy player. Cousins, right? Like, I picked him to be an MVP candidate. I was totally wrong, and I ate that for we're going now on <laughs> a year plus. But the guy still puts up a lot of really good numbers, just not when it matters. But if I just feel they're holder, a little hollow, man. They're, they're very, very hollow. hollow. But if you're a fantasy guy and you've got Kirk Cousins, I mean, the guy threw for 3,600 yards this year, had a 69.1% completion. 26 touchdowns and six picks, a 107.4 QBR, and he beat Breeze in a wild card game in the Superdome. I mean, I'm not going to say that this guy's tremendous, and that's why he's an honorable mention, but to just say that the guy is a complete trash can, that's not correct. But also, do you know whose numbers those, uh, you know, reflect right there? You know whose numbers sound the same? Ryan Tannehill. Oh. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, then you can give me Ryan Tannehill, and I know he's not in your top five, but I'm looking forward to hearing your defense on him. I mean, I know what he did with Tennessee this year, but here's the thing with Cousins. He's not a top five quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback, but he is a franchise quarterback. And when we talk about our honorable mentions, we'll talk about what that entails. Anyway, that's our five. So, Tom... Your number four, please. Go ahead. My number four was Lamar Jackson. The reason why I put him this low is just due to the playoffs. Um, I mean, you have to have him on this list after winning the MVP and completely taking the NFL by shock um, and by storm. But, again, I need – I went more off. I'm starting a, a team today with a quarterback. I need winning and he has yet to prove it in the NFL. I know he's young. He's probably going to rise up this list for me and for you guys in the future years. But he's still on the list. He's at number four for me. Will, go ahead. I uh, I took Deshaun Watson at four. And, you know, I don't want to reiterate what Sean said about Deshaun Watson. But I think this is the year where you actually see Deshaun Watson play. He doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. And he's really going to put more on himself and more on his shoulders. And I think, you know, from his 2019 stats, he has the ability to do that. And that's why I have him at four. And I think, you know, the Texans are going to be good, even though there is no DeAndre Hopkins. Couldn't agree with yeah, you, well, They got Cooks down there. Although that guy can't stay healthy. Yeah, well, I, I, I totally agree. Um, Tom, talk about your pick just a, just a little bit. Why is Lamar 4 for you? Just go a little bit deeper into that. I, I understand the reasons that you gave. I, totally I think, valid. I just You mentioned the starting a franchise with, and I feel like you should be higher based off of that point. Um, I mean, essentially for me, I just have three guys ahead of him that I would start a franchise with today. Obviously, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and for you guys, it's controversial, I guess, but I have Aaron Rodgers on this list because I think if Aaron Rodgers is happy and playing at a high level, he's better than Lamar Jackson. I think a defense can adjust to a Lamar Jackson at some point when there's more tape on him. I'm not saying that they're going to completely stop him, but in a playoff game, they might be able to shut him down a little bit. Yeah, the reason I have, you know, Lamar Jackson ahead of, you know, where Tom has him is if you look at what Lamar Jackson did this year, not even the rushing numbers, but the people he was throwing to, he was throwing to Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown and Willie Sneed. He wasn't throwing to Devontae Adams. He wasn't throwing to Michael Thomas. He wasn't throwing at DeAndre Hopkins. He was throwing to guys that are probably twos on most of the teams, good teams in the NFL. Yeah. Well, well that's I, a great I, point. Yeah, well, I, I'm kind of with you there, man, and, and that's why I have Aaron Rodgers for, and – I wasn't sure how you, how far up the list you guys were going to put him, but you know, to me, is if we're ranking our top five quarterbacks, what's the criteria for a top five quarterback? It's a guy that every single week you believe is going to win you a game and is probably going to get you not only into the playoffs but probably deep into it, right? So, for me, Aaron Rodgers is for his age does have to do with it. I, I, I'm one of the few people that throw his postseason stats away. Aside from that 2011 MVP season where Eli and the Giants beat him at Lambeau when they were 15-1, and one, that team was never tremendously great. So the reason they went that far and had that many postseason losses was really just because he was able to drag that team there. I have him as my number four quarterback on this list threw for just over 4,000 yards this year, threw to a 62% completion percentage, a 26-touchdown to four-interception ratio, and a 95.39 QBR for whatever the fuck QBR means. But listen, 
I mean, the guy is still capable. He got the Packers to the NFC Championship game this year. Him and that offense were not able to, able to overcome a really strong defensive San Francisco team. I know they got killed, but they're not there without Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not building my team around him because of his age, but if you still put me into 2020, he's one of the first four quarterbacks I want uh, you know, on my team. Will, you had him off your list? He was my first honorable mention. So what kept him out of the top five for you? I mean, he kept. A, I I looked at it as this. You know, we're talking about 2020 starting your franchise around a quarterback now, and that's how I looked at it. You know, just how you looked at it as well. But I looked at Aaron Rodgers, and you know, the guy's still great. He could still do it or whatever. But you know, watching the Packers this year, how many of those passes were screen passes to Devontae Adams that he took for 80 yards to the touchdown, or a dump off to Aaron Jones that he took for a touchdown? He didn't make a lot of throws this year that were the tight windows to Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb like he used to three years ago. So that's why I put him at the honorable mention spot at five, at six as it is, uh, because I rather build my team around the guys like Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, these up-and-coming players that are more versatile than Aaron Rodgers and also getting up there in age. I mean, you have Tom Brady up there, but with Aaron Rodgers, I just feel like a lot of his passes now are these short slants, just like how Tom Brady has it. And he's not the Aaron Rodgers of three years ago where he would throw a 25-yard pass off his back foot, hit Jordy Nelson to stride for a touchdown. He's not that guy Tom, anymore. Okay. Tom, how would, you, how, how would you retort that? I mean, for me, it's just the bottom line is I'm more confident. That's why I have Aaron Rodgers at three in being able to go out and win a game. I mean, you saw him two years ago come back after he was hurt in that first game in Chicago, and I still think he has a lot of those games left in him. Where if I need to win a game, I'm more confident with Aaron Rodgers on the field in a must-win game than Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. That's just the bottom line for me. But Will is right, and I think um, for Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees as well, I think that – Winning that Super Bowl, they carry a lot of cachet, and it's really held them over into the top ranks. Obviously, they've put up numbers, but Drew Brees won the Super Bowl back in what year? 2009. Was it nine? And Aaron Rodgers won the year following, right? Uh, two years. Two years later. Yeah. And we're talking over a decade and a decade later for these quarterbacks, and you know, it still seems like that carries a lot of weight. I don't think that should matter, but to answer your question, the bottom line for me why I have him at three is because I think he gives me a better chance of winning the big games. See, I, that's where I'm with you, man. I mean, I have him four, and you and I just disagree on a certain ordering, but, I mean, I don't give a fuck how he completes his passes. I mean, the guy is, is going to make plays, and, and his wide receivers, aside from Devontae Adams, are not anything tremendous. You know, he doesn't have a Jordy Nelson. He, he doesn't have a Randall Cobb. I mean, he's got, Von, uh, what is it? Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah, yeah, Van, yeah, Scantling. So, like, it's like... And Geronimo I Allison. I don't know. And Geronimo Allison. I don't know how good this these offensive weapons of his are, but it's still like you're watching Red Zone, you're following the NFL oh, here's another 10-11 win season for the Green Bay Packers, and you look at what his supporting cast is, and I'm like, yeah, Rodgers makes them that. And I'm not saying he's going to be this for the next three, four, five years, but at least for the next year, he's a top-five quarterback, and in my opinion, a top-four, Tom, you as well. Absolutely, but Will did make a lot of good points. He has fallen no, he off did. a little I, bit. I, but... I see 
I see your points, Will. I, I just I didn't. You know, the only reason that I didn't put him in my top five because obviously I'm basing it on 2020. And if you look at his numbers last year, 26 and four is great, but that's not Aaron Rodgers' numbers. You're looking at 40 and seven. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's that's the old Aaron Rodgers. I'm not looking for 26 and four. You know, if I wanted 26 and four, as Tom would say, you know, I would have Sam Darnold in my top five. Oh fuck you. <laughs> no man, I'm with you. No, I, listen, I, I agree too. It's just that's what put the point. that's what put Aaron Rodgers at three instead of at two for me was him falling. I just didn't think he fell off that much. Yeah, I, I didn't either. But well, I, I do hear your points, man. They're they're well taken. I mean, I I think there there's a lot of people in your camp who are smarter yeah. than myself who are saying that he's fallen off and and is not going to be a top five quarterback going forward. So you're not. You're not anything, you know, like a real contrarian. I, I just disagree with you, and Tom does too. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I totally get it. But I think yeah. you guys are both happy that Dak Prescott's not on my top five. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Absolutely. Tom, give me, your number, uh, give me your number three. My number three was Aaron Rodgers. I think we've spoken enough about him to where I don't have to go into detail. Um, so, Will, what was your number three? I took Lamar Jackson at three. Okay. Uh, just what he did last year from, you know, a standpoint of, fantasy numbers as well i mean you talked about how he doesn't do well in the playoffs which is obviously true he's that one too but uh you know a dual threat quarterback you know he can throw the ball he can run the ball and it's tough for defenses to adjust that and like i said earlier he's throwing to hollywood brown willie sneed and mark andrews it's not like he's throwing to jimmy graham in his prime and michael thomas no yeah you're Uh, definitely right on that one with the weapons and he is a dual-threat quarterback more than probably any other quarterback that we've ever had, even Mike Vick, to where he's going to make every single tackler miss. Seems to avoid um, getting that big tackle where some other guys that were runners would get hurt on. Um, doesn't really seem to get hit too hard. And he can make throws a lot better than what everybody anticipated with him coming out of Louisville as well. How do you feel about that, Sean? No, I, I couldn't agree more. And, Will, you and I are in the same number, man. Um Lamar Jackson, number three. I, I, I echo every single one of your points. I don't think you could have done a better job describing what he is as a quarterback and what he does. I, I think just what he projects to is even another level than what we saw this year, right? No, I totally agree with that. We, the thing with Lamar Jackson, which is the great thing about him, is we don't know how high his ceiling is. And that's what the great thing, and that's why I put him at three, is because he could be better than Patrick Mahomes if he works on his pocket presence and throwing the ball. That's a scary thought. Yeah, I don't think – oh, go ahead, Tom. I was just saying that's a scary thought. I I don't see it happening as quickly as maybe you guys do. I think it's going to take him a little bit more time because the defenses will adjust to him. But that is a scary thought, him being better than Pat Mahomes. And it is definitely a possibility. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to be the kind of pocket passer that Mahomes is. But I'll say this. I mean, if you're going to throw for 3,127 yards with a 66% completion percentage, 36 touchdowns to 16 interceptions with 113 QBR, also rush for over 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns, I don't need you to be the best pocket passer in the world. And, and as long as he stays healthy, which is my biggest caveat with him, which is what I said in the open, and, Will, I'm sure you'll agree, and, Tom, you as well, I, I, I don't know how defenses actually do game plan for this guy. I mean, he is as dynamic as we get, and I, I, he's a better passer than RG3. I think Vic had a stronger arm, but I think Lamar has actual better accuracy. I mean, watching him at Louisville – I never thought this guy should trans 
should transition to another position. No. This guy could make throws on an NFL level, which we've seen here. And his early, you know, postseason issues is, hey, he came in, only played a couple of games, and then started a game at home against the then, you know, the, the Phillip Rivers-led Chargers, and they lost, and he was abysmal until late in the fourth quarter. And then this year he had pressure on him for the real first time, and he came up short. I, I I don't know. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks falter early in their postseason career and come out of it. I, I if I'm building a franchise and I and I believe he's going to be healthy, I want Lamar Jackson. And the only reason he's not number two or one is because number two and one have, have been there, done that, and are on another level. But I love me some Lamar Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing with Lamar Jackson really that concerns you is health. Um, again, I, I mentioned earlier that he kind of has that ability to avoid the big tackles. We'll see if he can continue that. But I think you can both agree that, you know, our first two guys, which I think we both have as the same, Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, if they suffer a tough leg injury, Patrick Mahomes already proved it this past year, they can still figure it out in the pocket. I think Lamar Jackson becomes a middle-of-the-road at-best quarterback if he loses some of that ability with his legs. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, if he loses some ability with his legs, and I think he's more accurate than the person I'm about to compare him to, but if he loses ability with his legs, he's just going to be a smaller version of Cam Newton. Yeah, it, it very well could happen, and, and both of you guys make great points. I I just need to see it before I can say definitively that that will happen, but if I were to hedge my bet, I, w- I would put it towards your t- side of the table. I, I just don't know, and hopefully we don't have to see that. Hopefully not. All right, moving on to number two. Did we all have Russell Wilson across the board? Yes. This guy's a stud. I don't know what else we have to say about him. He can lead a team to a comeback. He can go up big. He can do it with his legs. One of the best pocket passers as well. Probably the best quarterback in the league now that Aaron Rodgers has fallen apart a bit at extending the play and letting his wide receivers get off their coverages a little bit more and just being a wizard with the football. How do you guys feel? I mean, I agree with that. Uh, you know, he's one of the most elusive quarterbacks we have outside of Lamar Jackson. And, you know, what you said about extending the play, he's one of the best I've ever seen do it. And to be honest with you, you know, with the other guys we've talked about, he really hasn't had that best, you know, receiver on the outside. Like, yeah, he's had Doug Baldwin, he's had Tyler Lockett, now DK Metcalf is coming up to be, a you know, a star in this league. But he really never really had a a dominant number one like all these other quarterbacks had with Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, but he still finds a way to make it work. You know, third and 16, you're like, you think to yourself, if it's any other quarterback, it's not going to happen. With Russell Wilson, he runs around in three circles. Doug Baldwin's wide open for a first down. And there's no other quarterback in the league that can do that. You're absolutely right, man. Couldn't agree with you more. I, I think that he more than any other quarterback makes his teammates and his skill position players, some of the guys on this list that we're going to name, I don't think any um, Seahawks made it for any of us, but I think he makes them a hell of a lot better. Absolutely. Yeah, I I mean, here's the thing about Russell Wilson, guys. I mean, what other quarterback in the league, aside from our number one, makes you think that you're going to win every single game and has vaulted a team that has as little talent as he's had pretty much for the majority of his career. I know he had the Legion of Boom early, but since then, those Seahawks teams have not been great, and they're relevant in the postseason or winning a playoff game every single year. 
over 4,000 yards passing this year, over 340 rushing yards this year, 66% completion, 31 touchdowns to five picks, three touchdowns rushing. He makes things happen almost as much as anybody other than Mahomes in this league. He's absolutely definitively the second-best quarterback in this league. Yeah, and I think the thing over the past couple of years that has vaulted him into this was the the cutting down on the interceptions. He's really been good with that. And how many did he have this year? He really brought it down again. Five interceptions this year compared to 31 touchdowns. I mean, to your point, man, that's that's as good as it gets. Absolutely. I, I There's no argument there. He's the second-best quarterback in the league. Only reason why he isn't number one is because Patrick Mahomes is in the, in the NFL. And this guy... Don't sleep on his legs. He can really run. But, again, I mentioned earlier with Lamar getting hurt, he would probably it would probably be a devastating injury for him. Patrick Mahomes did get hurt. He did have some knee issues, and it really didn't seem to bother him that much. They still went out there and won games. No, I, I, you're totally right. And the crazy thing about Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, we've all watched him in red zone and games that are on NBC and whatever, I've never seen a guy in a long time with an arm like that that can just chuck it 40 yards across his body perfectly. Absolutely. He's, he's Brett it's Favre. Just, it's just amazing. He's Brett Favre, but smarter and more accurate. 100%. If you could create a quarterback in the lab, they always say that bullshit when you're talking about drafts, but literally if you could create a quarterback in the lab, this would be the guy. He's perfect. Great cop, man. I mean, 26 touchdowns, 5 picks, 105 QBR. There would be a lot more touchdowns, by the way, if he didn't miss a few. Games. Exactly. He missed a few games there, and, and like you said, don't sleep on his legs. 218 rushing yards for two touchdowns. The guy the guy is absolutely dynamic as it gets, and his arm is probably, like you said, aside from Favre, probably the best arm we've ever seen purely in the NFL. I mean, just watch the Super Bowl tape, that throw to Tyree Kill. I, Unbelievable. And I know, I know Will Matt has said earlier he does have one of the best tight ends in the league and one of the better wide receivers in the league, but I'm pretty confident in saying if you take those two guys away and you give him less, I guess, comparable talent, I think he'd be just fine as well. No, I totally agree with that. You know, I, I think you know, no matter who you put out there, wide receiver, he's going to make that player better because that's how good he is. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, his skill set just shows that he's going to make players better. That's what he does. I mean, he's made Travis Kelsey, who was already a great player, even better. He's made Tyree Kill, who's already a great player, even better. Uh, he, he's just that guy. And he was, what, the third? He was the third overall quarterback taken back in that uh, 20, what, 16, 17? Yeah, it was draft. Trubisky yeah. and then Watson, then him. Watson the, doesn't the, hurt The crazy too. thing in you, what you guys were talking about is you're making Tyreek Hill better. You're making Travis Kelsey better. But, like, for the first time in his career for about seven weeks, he made Sammy Watkins a stud. Yep. A stud. Great an point. absolute stud. Couldn't yeah, agree more, man. All-time bust Sammy Watkins drafted – in the top five, I believe, by the Buffalo Bills a few drafts ago when they could have had OBJ. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And well, great, great point, man. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that guy was really to the end of his NFL career. I mean, there weren't many other teams that were ready to scoop him up. And Pat Mahomes said, yeah, give me another weapon. I'll, I'll, I'll throw him open and he'll be fine. And that's exactly what happened. Super Bowl champions this year, Patrick Mahomes, like I said before, best quarterback, best player in the NFL, and, and there's no better guy, too. I mean, not that we want to hearken on that, but there's no better guy to be the face of the league right now. 
And he's still young, scary to say, but he can get better. And the best part about him is he's humble. He's not a, I'm the best player. He's a humble guy. Yeah. My favorite part about him was is he's like, anytime I get too full of myself, my teammates just remind me of my voice and I shut up. Yep. There you so go. Everybody's great. got something. And I love this guy. I think he's a great player. And, again, Watson, he was on Will's list. He's definitely – and he was on yours as well, Sean. He's on my honorable mention. Texans can't really be kicking themselves there with that pick, but the Chicago Bears moving up one spot, giving up all that draft capital to San Francisco just to get Mitch Trubisky at, what was it, number two overall? Yep. Yeah. That sucks. It's rough. You guys want to go over your honorable mentions? Sure, Will. Why don't you go first since you're our guest? Okay. Well, uh, we already talked about um, uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's my first honorable mention for all the reasons that we stated. Um, and then after that, I have Tom Brady for all the reasons Tom stated. Also, in Tampa Bay, you have all those weapons, Godwin and uh, Evans and even O.J. Howard. He's never had that before outside of Gronkowski and maybe Randy Moss. So that's why he's an honorable mention as well. Then, of course, after that, I have my boy Dak Prescott, who, uh, you know, he's my boy, so I can't really <laughs> say anything bad about him. But, you know, he has Amari Cooper to throw to. Michael Gallup, who I think is going to be a very good wide, very good number two wide receiver in this league for a long time. And, you know, you have uh, Ezekiel Elliott that you can dump the ball off to. After that, I have uh, Carson Wentz. If he could stay healthy, I feel like Carson Wentz could be very good. Um, but he hasn't stayed healthy. I agree with you, Dan. He does a lot of stuff with no talent, guys that can't even catch the ball. But he still finds a way to get into the playoffs almost every year. Uh, after that, I have Ryan Tannehill. Wow. Wow. And the funny thing why I have Ryan Tannehill is he came onto a team, and this guy played in Miami with nobody. With nobody. Maybe Devontae Parker, if you really want to count that. But he came to a team that was down and seemed like they were out. And he, made them, he, he beat the Patriots in Foxborough. And I feel like now this is his time to shine. Not to mention, I think, he went, I think he went undefeated when he took over in the regular season, or he lost like one game. He, he, he makes the throws when he has the time, which a lot of quarterbacks in this league do. But he also has, I mean, he's going to be up and coming in this league, but A.J. Brown, one of, the, uh, one of the best route runners in football today, even though he was a rookie, and, I mean, you get to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, who's an absolute beast, but he made all the throws, and he made all those guys better. Brown and then Jonu Smith at tight end, who is a number two tight end, but with Delaney Walker, always injured. So that's why I put Ryan Tannehill there, because he proves to me that he has the ability to make it work that he didn't have with the Dolphins because he had nobody there to help him. I like that list. Yeah, I, I, I've got my questions about Sam Hill, but I hear your points. I mean, he did also have Jarvis Landry in Miami, and that didn't work out that well. So Jarvis Landry uh, wasn't too hot in Cleveland. That might be a Jarvis Landry problem. I think he's a bit overrated. You, you know, talking about Sean's boy, Kirk Cousins, he would have been there instead of Tannehill, but I can't win in big time. I mean, yeah, he you know had a playoff win against the Saints, yeah, but – Legitimately, Monday night. What's his record? One and twenty. Oh, dude, he's he's abysmal. I'm with you. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not. Also, you I'm have not... Diggs and Thielen to throw to, and you get the handball off the Dalvin Cook. Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph as well. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh yeah, dude. He has weapons, and and I hear you on Tannehill. I just to me, I need to see more. But all your points are very well taken. I, I mean, agree. The I momentum mean... that he has coming into this year, I can't tell you you're wrong. 
No, and I mean, yeah, no, I, I think... Just, I just want to see what he does this year in 2020. That's I think Miami Dolphins, he, Tannehill, and Titans, Tannehill are like two different people, honestly. Yes, absolutely. All right, Tom, how about you? All right, so my honorable mention list goes as follows. Drew Brees is my number one honorable mention. Um... For me, I, I kept Tom Brady over him at number five just due to winning. Uh, Brees has not been able to win recently, but Will already alluded to it. He's still putting up big numbers down there in the Superdome. Following that, my number two, Dak Prescott. I think this guy puts up enough numbers. He's won a few playoff games, and like Will said, he's got the weapons there. Um, Cowboys franchise tagged him this year, I believe, right? Yep. $33 million a year. $33 million for this year. We'll have to see if they do a Kirk Cousins dance with him for the next couple of years, or if they pony up the money. Um, I'm interested to hear Will's take on that lower, or sorry, later in the pod. Following that, at number three, I have Deshaun Watson. This obviously, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's an up-and-coming quarterback. Probably could have flip-flopped him and Brady if I wanted to go more for the future, but I need him to show me a little bit more. He's gotten smacked in the playoffs a couple times. Also, is very injury-prone. After that, I have Matt Ryan. Just because he's still putting up numbers out there in Atlanta. And he is coming off a Super Bowl, what, a couple years ago? And finally, I have Carson Wentz for all the reason Will said. He's got no talent there. Um, He cannot stay healthy, but I think if he has a healthy season, puts it together, and he leads the Eagles to the playoffs again, he deserves to make honorable mention. Yes, I I absolutely agree with you. And I I, I like your list, my man. I, I. Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins, to me, are interchangeable. They put up really great numbers yep, pretty yep. much every week. Um, if you're a fantasy owner and you have either of them a quarterback, you know they're good for about 10 to 11 games of fucking fantastic football. A couple other ones, they're going to come up short. They both have had some struggles in the big moments. I know uh, Ryan's gone deeper, but I, I appreciate your list. Absolutely. All right, Sean, give us yours, bro. All right, man, I got Breeze, uh, my first honorable mention from before. You know, missed five games this year with a thumb injury. Not his fault, but it sucks. He's come up short in a couple of his last postseason games. You remember that terrible game against the the Rams where they got hosed. They did get hosed, but he also didn't play very well in that game. And he did lose to Kirk Cousins this year in a postseason game when they were at home. He has slipped a little bit. He's still a great player due for – just under 3,000 yards this year with a 74.3% completion percentage with 27 touchdowns and four picks. Uh, but, you know, he he's he is slowly slipping away, and I, I don't think he's a top-five guy. For me, the next guy is Tom Brady. And, again, I'm not building my franchise around him. Um, he's the GOAT, but... Last year, despite a pretty good year, which included over 3,500 passing yards and a 67% completion percentage for 28 picks and or 28 touchdowns and only two picks, man, he didn't have anybody to throw the ball to towards the end there. And, and I got to see the goat be given a chance to to really air it out and play well, right? Uh, I'm sure you guys agree on that. Before I can just write him off, but he's not in top five anymore. I got Dak Prescott next. I see him twice a year. He's fucking good. Uh, he's a franchise quarterback. What'd you say? Mean... What'd you say? I missed it. What'd you say? Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah, you heard me. You heard me. He's a <laughs> he's a damn good quarterback, guys. Uh, he's not he's not a, an elite quarterback, and that's fine. You can win with a franchise quarterback because you know why? They can win you the big game. 
They're not going to be the reason you win the Super Bowl, but they'll be part of the reason why you win. And I think Prescott's more than capable of doing that. He's played very well, just missed 5,000 yards this year, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks. Uh, that loss at Philly this year, though, really hurt. And, and and I don't know if he's going to take that leap, but there's been a lot of young quarterbacks that didn't quite get over that hump till year four or five. So, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Yeah, I, there you go. Uh, but still, I mean, he has made some critical mistakes. You can't you can't argue that. Hundred percent. Yes, he has. Yeah. Um, but he's very good, and that's why he's in my top ten. I got Kirk Cousins next. Um, again, no big time wins, but the guy puts up numbers year after year after year and again he's a franchise quarterback he's not a he's not a superstar quarterback he's probably not going to be a reason why you win a super bowl but if he can somehow get over the hump with some of these horrible po- primetime games sean didn't you pick him to win the super bowl i picked no, it was mvp it was mvp and mvp and mvp yes yes, yes. if you want to bring that up for now i think it's the one million and first time uh, I was wrong, um, but he's still a very good quarterback and fantasy holder. I mean, I don't know if you guys have known this, but NFL Red Zone's been replaying all the weeks from nine, week nine or uh, 2019. He's had like six, he had like six or seven games where he was a top four passer. Like he's good. He's I don't good. disagree with the numbers, man. He's just a big piss when and, it comes and to winning. Tom, to your point, that's Matt Ryan. Yep. So yep. no, basically the same he, person. And then to me, I got Carson Wentz up there for all the reasons Will said. I mean, he impressed me a lot this year because he had been hurt, and, and you hate to say injury prone, but he is prone to injury. He and he got hurt in that wild card game. He missed two playoff runs, one that concluded in the Super Bowl championship. But the guy threw for over four thousand yards this year, twenty-seven touchdowns, seven picks, and in all the games that mattered, including that Week 16 at home against Dallas. Thanks. He made. You're welcome. <laughs> he made guys that shouldn't have jobs into really good players. That is and true. even in that week 17 game against the Giants, the Giants were a terrible defense, but I watched Wentz play, and I'm like, this motherfucker, you can't stop him. And he's big, he's strong, he's athletic with a big-time arm. I would absolutely hudge my bets against his injuries. You, you and, talk about extending the play, too. I mean, he's not on Russell Wilson's level, but he's right up there. Yes, absolutely, man. I'll happily have him as a franchise quarterback. Yeah, he's more play. elusive than you think he is. Absolutely. He is. So, strong, for too. your guys' points, he, he's in my honorable mentions. All right, boys. So, that about wraps up quarterback. Top two. Um, I think any of us would be crazy to not be in lockstep. We all were in lockstep. Um, so why don't we move on to the next position, which is running back. Awesome. Let's do it. I feel like this one changes pretty much year to year just because of the turnover at the position. But I'll go ahead and give you my top five. I have at number five, Aaron Jones. At number four, Shake, Shaquan Barkley. Number three, Will, this one's for you, Ezekiel Elliott. I'm number two, Derrick Henry. And at number one, the best running back in football last year into 2020 is Christian McCaffrey. It's a pretty good list. Thank you. You want to go on, Will? Obviously, I had to, you know, change it up a little bit. But uh, (laughs) at number five, I have Saquon Barkley. Okay. Uh, Guy's unbelievable with the terrible offensive line, and he still puts up numbers when he's healthy. Um, number four, I have Derrick Henry. He's had two good years, but I want to see what he can do going forward. 
Um, number three, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Nice. Um, for all the reasons Tom just stated, guy can pass, block, guy can catch out of the backfield. He obviously won two rushing titles in his career. And th- this is the surprising one, just because of what he does for his team and why I have him at two. And I don't know if, Sean, you will agree because you haven't done your list yet, is Dalvin Cook. What okay. he did for the Vikings this past year, catching the ball out of the backfield, pass blocking and rushing, when he's on the field, this guy is unbelievable. He's a tank, he's huge, he's fast, and he can catch the ball, which is massive. And then, you know, that's running back in football, obviously, at number one is Christian McCaffrey. Guy does it all. Like that list. Yeah, I, li- I like your points there on Cook. I have him in my honorable mentions, not in my top five. Me too. But for all the reasons that you said. Boys, I'm going to actually surprise you here at number five. I'm going Josh Jacobs. Okay. Uh, He's on my okay. honorable mention. I absolutely what, love Mind what you. he did in his rookie year. Uh, and he took me by surprise. I, I, did, I did think he was going to be up there for offensive rookie of the year, but I didn't think he'd be this good. I mean, he had 242 attempts for 1,150 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, and seven touchdowns. I like that a lot. He ran hard, and he was he was a fantastic player. For me, number four is Ezekiel Elliott. He kills me every time I play him, and by I, I mean, you know, the team I root for. Uh, another year where he rushed for over 300. Th- he had 300 attempts for 1,350 yards, 4.5 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns. He's a great player, straight down the hill. If you need a, if you need a first down, you're going to get it. I have Saquon at number three. I love him. He's amazing. Uh, he's hurt a little too much for my liking so far, but he's a great player. Had 1,000 yards rushing this year on only 217 carries, 4.6 yards per carry. Also had 73 targets out of the backfield for 52 receptions, 435 yards, 8.5 yards per catch with two touchdowns. He missed three games due to injury. I got Derrick Henry at number two. I don't need to see much more out of this guy. He's had some huge games in previous years, and what he did this year, just answering the bell game after game after game, the game plan was very simple down the stretch and into the playoffs. You give the ball to Derrick Henry, and I think what made Brian Tannehill as good as he was was you knew you were going to get four or five yards per carry from this guy for 30 touches a game. Absolutely awesome. He finished the year with over 1,540 yards rushing for five yards of carry and 16 touchdowns. And obviously, for every reason you guys said for, for McCaffrey, I don't need to go into it. He's the number one. All right. Well, Sean pretty much described all of his guys as he went down the list there. So, I guess we really don't have to talk about them much more, but we'll go over my number five, and I have well, Aaron you Jones. you Aaron Jones. Talk about him. I have Aaron Jones on the list. I just think he's a dynamic player, um, a little bit better than – who did you have in, at number five, Will? I had uh, Saquon Barkley at five. Okay, did you have Aaron Jones on your list? No, he's my first honorable mention. Okay. Just for me, I, I thought he put up massive numbers. Really good, terrible blocker, I have to say that. But just a really good overall running back aside from that. Over 1,000 yards on 200, 1,084 yards to be exact on 236 attempts. 4.6 yards per carry, 16 rushing touchdowns, 49 receptions for about 475 yards with three receiving touchdowns. He edged out Chubb for me at number five just because he had a lot more touchdowns. Um, 
And at the beginning of the year, he was kind of handcuffed before um, Jamal Williams got knocked out. And then he really exploded onto the scene, and they really unlocked him. I just think he's the fifth running, best running back in football, super talented, and there's some good years to come from him. You boys oh, agree, disagree? No, I definitely agree. I just had him in, you know, in my honorable mention because, I, I mean, me personally thought if I'm building a – uh, franchise about around a running back which people don't do these days but i i just thought they were five better than him you know you alluded to the whole blocking thing and blocking you know pass blocking and is a is a huge thing in the nfl now now that it's a passing game and not a running game anymore you're right i need a, i need a running back that can pass block ezekiel elliott Derrick henry you know bigger backs he's a smaller back but he is elusive and that's why he's my first honorable mention Absolutely. Guys, I we don't talk about McCaffrey. Why don't you guys talk about what makes him so special and why he just got this new deal? We're talking Aaron Jones? No, no we're talking McCaffrey. I mean, the guy's a complete package. Uh, I think he was kind of stifled in his first couple years in the league, but they really unleashed him last year. I mean, you have, 200, you have under 300 attempts, and the guy gives you almost 1,400 yards rushing at 4.8 per carry there. 15 rushing touchdowns. He's got 1,000 fucking yards receiving as well on a terribly, on a, on a, on a not well-run offense with a down quarterback in Cam Newton. And, and who the fuck was the other guy that was playing quarterback? I, I can't remember the guy's name. He wasn't that great. He's not starting this year because they have Teddy Bridgewater there. And he has four receiving touchdowns as well. He's a complete package. He can do it all. He can block. He's one of the best rushers in football. And I think he's the best receiving running back the NFL has seen in a long time. I, I would, uh, you know, all those points are 100% on point. The only one that I would say is close in receiving-wise, there's two of them, and one of them is not really a good running back per se. And he, He's a good piece to a team, but as a receiving running back, there's two that I would name, and one of them is my honorable mention. There's two as a receiving running back is Alvin Kamara, very good out of the backfield, and then also Tariq Cohen, who the Bears line up in the slot a lot, is a very good receiving running back. Oh, no, I agree that, with you. It's just total package. There's no better running back. Oh, yeah. Than. There's nobody better than Christian McCaffrey. Just like Christian McCaffrey is the running back version of Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. That's a perfect way to put it. Couldn't agree more. I think yeah, he deserved every penny of that extension. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And what he does for that franchise, too, just marketing-wise and – and, you know, he's going to be a featured guy on every fantasy thing and every single red zone target this year. I mean, it's going to be Panthers are first and 10 at the at the 12 and McCaffrey's lined up. I mean, he's going to be the go-to guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Last question I have on this one. We've talked about these guys in detail. Sean going up and down his list. I'm going to call you the carpet here, Sean. Why did you have yeah. Shake in front of Zeke? It's a great question, man. <laughs> he doesn't I, have an answer. Politician over here. Style, no, stylistically, and, and trust me, when we get to our tight ends, and, and you know, I, I'm not going to show any kind of uh, favoritism, but you know, to me, is I just think Saquon's a better overall running back. I mean, Sa- Zeke has had the beneficiary of running behind a tremendous offensive line, and he's a downhill get you a first down on a third and two running back, which is very valuable, and you need that. And he's amazing at it. And he'll break a couple big plays here and there. But to me, Saquon's just so much more versatile. And he hasn't had nearly the opportunity 
that Zeke has had to play with a good team behind a good offensive line with a good quarterback and receiving core that would make him even better than he already is. I mean, he's put up prolific numbers in his first two years. Some of it injury plagued behind an offensive line that flat out sucks and quarterbacks and wide receiving cores that aren't, aren't all that ready to, to be anywhere close to a top 15 level. So I, I don't know. I, I just look at Saquon. I say you can line him up outside. You can get him out of the backfield. You can pitch him for a run. He'll, he'll stiff arm a defender and run for 15, 20, 25 yards. It, they're different styles, but I, I, that's why I'll put him there. But Elliot's amazing. I, I can't say anything bad about him. We're we're arguing schemat. We're we're arguing little things here. I mean, I have Shaquan four, Zeke three. I just think Zeke's a little bit more established and just a bit better of a running back. He stays healthy more often. That was one of the biggest things for me in Shake's young career. He's already been hurt a few times, but again, they're both you know top five running backs. Yeah, absolutely, man. They're just different. They're just different styles. That's it. Is one's a no, home run hitter and one's a sure thing. No, I agree with with both of you said, and Sean, I know we both have a little bias going on, me being a Cowboys fan, you being a Giants fan, and the only reason I put Ezekiel Elliott ahead of Saquon Barkley, and to be honest with you, and not as, you know, just a Cowboys fan, as a overall athlete, Saquon is better. He's more elusive, he's bigger, he's stronger, but what it comes down to, for me, as a running back, is Ezekiel Elliott's a better pass blocker, and I... I come back to this one play last year, which Thomas will love very much, when Jamal Adams literally ran him over and took the ball from Daniel Jones and ran for a touchdown. I've never oh, seen yeah. Ezekiel Elliott miss a block that bad that Dak Prescott got uh, and, uh, and annihilated. And, and, Will, to feed your argument, that was also when he was hurt. So, like, Tom, like what you said was he was hurt. You know, he's had injury concerns. So, like, in that game, he was a complete no-show because he shouldn't have been playing. And, you know, to me, it's as simple as this. Zeke is Emmett Smith, and and Saquon is, is probably Barry Sanders. Like, I'll be honest, and, you know, as a Dallas fan, this is going to hurt me to say, but if Saquon Barkley stayed healthy and played for the Dallas Cowboys, he would rush for more yards than Ezekiel Elliott would every year. Yep. But that's, again, like, he's had the beneficiary of a great line, but he's also a great running back. He stylistically is just different. He's the guy you give the ball to on third and three, third and two, and he's picking up the first. He's guaranteed. Saquon's the guy who on a first and ten – will get a pitch and could take it 90 yards. Like, yep. they're just different guys. But they're different different styles. I, I don't necessarily know which one is better. I put Saquon, too, just because of his versatility. But you're right. I mean, that, that pass blocking opportunity that he had in that jet game was, was horrendous. And I don't know if it was because of an injury or not, but we can argue about this for days. They're both great. They're both NFC counterparts, and, and they'll be going at it hopefully for a long time. Well, who did you have at your number two? I had Dalvin Cook. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Dalvin Cook. I had him in my honorable mention, but I feel like he doesn't get enough love, honestly. Yeah, I, I look at him as one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL, but I put him at number two for what he does for his team, and I look at him as a poor man's version of Christian McCaffrey, and that's why I put him at two. That's a good the, count. The, what he does running the ball when he's healthy, because I know he got hurt last year for a little bit. But Only missed two. The ball, Catching the ball out of the backfield. Vikings might be the one of the 
biggest teams on screens to tight ends and running backs in the NFL and how they turn a minus two-yard play into a seven-yard game because Dalvin Cook is so big and so elusive is just that's why I put him at two is because he can do it all as well. If he can stay on the field, he's up there with Christian McCaffrey, obviously significantly lower than Christian McCaffrey, but that what he does for his team overall is humongous for Kirk Cousins and that whole Vikings team. And he makes Kirk Cousins better, you know, just like good wide receivers make a decent quarterback like Ryan Tannehill better. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, he played 14 games, so he didn't miss too many. 250 attempts, 1,335 rushing yards at 4.5 per carry. Uh, he's got 13 rushing TDs, and then he has over 500 yards receiving on 53 receptions as well. So he was definitely helping out Kirk Cousins on those dump-offs. Um, mm-hmm. He just missed, honestly, reevaluating. I might have might take Aaron Jones off and put him on, but he, but he is right there in my honorable mention. Sean, how do you feel? Jones is up there, man. I got Kamara. I got Mark Ingram. I got Nick Chubb. I do have Dalvin Cook as well for all the reasons you guys just spoke about. I don't need to go into that. And and honestly, this is going to surprise you guys. I got Miles Sanders up here too. I like a lot what I saw from him in his rookie year in Philly. I don't think he's going to get better. I don't don't think he got nearly enough run either. No, not at all. Not enough touches. They were giving the ball to the other running backs there when he was clearly the best. Tom, what do you think his projection is as a as an actual NFL receiver if he gets the necessary touches? And then will after after Tom. Receiver and running back, I think you can look at three to four hundred yards a year if he's we're talking actual touches here. And I think he can average twelve hundred yards a year as well. He's he struggles a little bit in the blocking game. He's a little bit smaller, but aside from that he runs hard. He's a very elusive running back. And the other thing that really pissed me off was when you're watching those Eagles games, and I watched a ton of them, it was just really frustrating because he was clearly the best running back on the field, and they were switching him out with the other guys there. I don't even remember who the other running backs were. Jordan yeah. Matthews and Boston Scott. Yeah, which is an absolute joke, and he was clearly a thousand times better than the both of them. They didn't give him nearly enough run. But, yeah, I think he can be right up there going over 1,200 yards and 400 yards receiving on a yearly basis. How about you, Will? No, I totally agree with that, and it's smart for Sean to have him in his honorable mention list. I didn't, but if he gets the opportunities that he deserves, he's going to be – he could be a top seven running back in the NFL, but he just hasn't gotten those opportunities yet. Yeah, what you alluded to is he's very elusive. And I, I, you know, a comp, and I like to do comps, I feel like he's a bigger version of Darren Sproles. Okay. Might be able to stay a little bit more healthy and be on the field more often, which would be nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what do you think of Nick Chubb here? Like, I, I put him I, in my honorable mention. I don't know if, if, if either of you guys I did as well. I did, well. I did as well. My, yeah, my honorable mentions go Aaron Jones. You know, for all the ton of, all the you know things Tom said about him, and you know I don't have to reiterate them. But Aaron Jones, I have on there. Nick Chubb, uh, and I like Nick Chubb. He, the only thing that why I didn't have Nick Chubb in my top five is when Kareem Hunt came back. They kind of like split carries, and yep. Nick Chubb is significantly better than Kareem Hunt. So I don't know why they did that. And Nick Chubb made Baker Mayfield better, even though Baker Mayfield had a down year. If it's third and seven, you dump the ball off to Nick Chubb. He's getting your first down. Yeah. So you know they they didn't have that before, but then you know midway through the year they like, oh, Kareem Hunt's our guy. Well, I don't know why they would do that, but 
that's why he's in my honorable mention. And a guy that Shulman uh, pointed out to, another guy that's on my honorable mention list is uh, Josh Jacobs as well. Uh, the guy had an outstanding rookie of the year. In my opinion, should have won rookie of the year, but, you know, got snubbed. But, you know, he the guy's amazing. He makes the, he makes uh, all the moves, hits all the holes, and he can, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And for a back that's not humongous, he's a great pass block running back. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, going down my honorable mention, I have Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, who just didn't make it on this list for me. He had a down year. I don't know if we're giving him enough love. He's a great running back. And then to round it out, I have Chubb and Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's a good one. He did everything for that team with no Andy Dalton. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about him. Well, I mean, first off, let's just talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, them being one of the worst teams in the NFL, one of the last teams to win a game. Was that against my Jets that they got their first win? Um, And, you know, they had a doubt. Their first-round pick got hurt, who I believe was an offensive lineman. They had a terrible offensive line, yet this guy still goes out there, gets 278 attempts, goes 1,137 yards rushing, 4.1 yards per carry, which I think was down, but still above four with that terrible offensive line. Only gets five rushing touchdowns, but how often were they in the red zone? And then he still gets 35 receptions with 285 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. This guy's a good blocker. He's an explosive runner. And I think on a team with a better offensive line, I, I think he's he's much higher on this list. And he's a more of a household name to us. I, I like that move by, by you, man. I mean, that I, I think there's probably about 15 to 18 running backs that we could put up there. And you could make a good case for... Nixon's a good one. I, I like what you had to say about him. To be honest, I do think he gets lost in Cincinnati for, for their issues, but he's a damn good player. There's uh, one, there, was, there was one running back on my honorable mention list, and I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. And he used to be one, not one of the best, but you know, a guy that you talked about, a guy you drafted in fantasy, the guy that rounded out my honorable mentions was Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I, I think Melvin Gordon, I, the holdout, clearly hurt him. I mean, how many games did he miss due to that? I think a change of scenery and a new team is going to do him well. I think a different offense as well, not having Phillip Rivers might help a little bit too. Um, I like him. He's a great pass blocker. He can actually receive the ball really well out of the backfield. He kind of reminds me a little bit of an Ezekiel Elliott. You're almost guaranteed a first down on third and two. You know what? He, I, I thought about putting him in this, but Chubb and Mixon just edged him out. I really like him as a running back, and I could see him easily being on this honorable mention. What about you, Sean? Hey, it's a good pick. And, Tom, based off of our last pod, you want to just carry it over. I love the spite going right to, to Denver, taking yeah. less money from, uh, from another team to go there. Uh, that's awesome. And, and I do think he's a very talented running back, and I think he's going to have – I think he's going to help out that entire Denver offense a lot. One guy, let's talk about Mark Ingram here for Baltimore, who came over from New Orleans. I have him on my honorable mention. We know about Kamara. Uh, I just think this guy really helped out this team and and helped them get to the point where they were. I mean, the guy rushed for over 200 attempts. He had over 1,000 yards. Five yards a carry with 10 touchdowns. He had 29 targets, 
out of the backfield for 26 receptions, 247 yards, and 9.5 yards per catch with five touchdowns. They used him very differently than New Orleans ever did. I don't know what you guys think about him. Tom, start us off. Will, you go second. I want to hear what you guys have to say about Mark Ingram. I still think this guy's really, really good. He just didn't make that list for me. He, he'd probably be on the honorable mention for the honorable mention if that was such a thing. But still a great pass blocker. I think he fits in. Clearly, he made a Pro Bowl really well with that Baltimore Ravens offense, what they're trying to do down there with Lamar Jackson. Can receive the ball out of the backfield a little bit. Not as good, I think, as any of these guys on my list. When he was in New Orleans, that was more Kamara's job. Um, more of a downhill runner, but still a great running back. I just think he's got some more miles on the tires, and I didn't think he was as any good as, as any of these guys, honestly. That's fair. Will, how about you, man? Uh, I didn't put him on, uh, on my list because of one reason only, and that's Lamar Jackson. The reason Mark Ingram was so good is because most of his carries were on the read option, and the teams were focused on Lamar Jackson, and he would hand the ball off to Mark Ingram, and it'd be a six-yard gain or seven-yard gain. And, you know, he didn't have that in New Orleans because Drew Brees is not running the football. So that's why I didn't put him on my list, because it was based around what system he was in. Like, I look at him as a system running back. He's a guy that will get you tough yards. He's not very elusive, but he's a big back. And, yeah, he's seldomly catches the ball out of the backfield like Tom alluded to, but the reason he wasn't on my list was because of who he plays for and what makes him good is Lamar Jackson. That's a good point. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I totally hear you. I still love him as a running back, but I I, I absolutely hear your guys' points. Okay, you guys want to move on to wide receivers? Let's go for it. Let's do it. Will, start us off, sir. Five through one. What you got? All right, so number five might my- is a little bit of a shocker. I just do it because of his route running ability, and it's not Amari Cooper, Tom, so I don't even get it. <laughs> Number five, Adam Thielen. Okay. Uh, number four, Will Jones. Number three, I have Devontae Adams. Number two, I have DeAndre Hopkins. And number one, I have Michael Thomas. Okay. Sean, you want to go? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I got uh, Devontae Adams, number five. I got Mike Evans, number four. I got Julio Jones, number three, and DeAndre Hopkins, number two. And I have Michael Thomas, number one. And to actually follow the rules, unlike last time, I won't give all the stats. So, Tom, go ahead. That a boy. Thank you for that. I appreciate you finally fucking listening. Okay. Number five, Will, I have Amari Cooper. Number four. (laughs) Number four, I have Devontae Adams. Number three, I have Julio Jones. Number two, I have DeAndre Hopkins. Number one, I have Robbie Anderson. (laughs) Great call. (laughs) He might be the best. (laughs) I have Mike Thomas, a record-breaking season like that. I think he should be a unanimous number one. Boys, you want to jump into this? Yeah, Bill, why don't, why don't oh, you start us off? Why don't, why don't you give us your number five and why you picked him right for that selection? So I picked Adam Thielen just because, you know, outside of Amari Cooper and, you know, watching the NFL as much as they do and not just being a Dallas fan, is this guy who came out of nowhere runs ridiculous routes. And also, he's a lot faster and bigger than you think he is, and he blows by corners, and he always makes a tough catch in traffic. And there's not a lot of people that can do that in the NFL outside of the four that are above him. And the reason I picked him is because he was paired with a guy that could be a number one 
on most teams now that he's on the Buffalo Bills and he is the number one there, but he made him look like a significant number two to him. And that's the reason I put him at five is because his ability to go up and catch a ball as a no-name guy out of nowhere, and he does everything for that team, route running, catching the ball, blocking, he does it all. All right, yeah. I had Amari Cooper at number five. I just think when he got traded over to the Cowboys, I'll give the Cowboys a little bit of love. It completely changed that team, springboarded them into the playoffs when they were kind of dwindling there. I think he makes Michael Gallup a lot better. Route running wise, everything just because of the attention that he gets. 79 catches for almost 2,000 yards, 8 TDs. Um, And I think Dak should have given him even a little bit more love. I think he's one of the best route runners in the NFL as well. And he makes the tough catches. And he has cleaned up his dropitis or whatever you want to call it, the case of the drops, significantly over the past few years. I'm sure Will can name. A couple instances where he's made some drops that he's wanted to throw the remote at the television, but it is not nearly as glaring as back when he was in Oakland, and I think he's a top-five wide receiver. See, the re- only reason I didn't put him in my top-five, because obviously I value my Dallas Cowboys very high, <laughs> but I know you know Dak Prescott is very good with the ball, but four of his interceptions this year came off drop passes from Amari Cooper. Okay, Don't get me right. wrong, what Tom, what Tom said is right. He's one of the best route runners in in the National Football League, probably top three. His get-off on the line and that second burst is a lot faster than you think it is, and that's why he's what he is. That's why he's but wide open. He, it, why, why he's wide open. If you look at the Packers game, he had 200-yard receiving. I mean, I mean, just making the first step off the line, he's unbelievable. He's one of the best. But the thing is, though, he still has not – I wouldn't say drop by just like he did in Oakland. He's definitely toned it down a little bit, but he, there's still a lot he needs to work on in that aspect, and that's why he's one of my honorable mentions. But he, he, like Tom said, he's one of the best route runners, and he gets open, makes an easy throw for Dak Prescott. Good points there, Sean. Why don't you give us your five? Uh, yeah, guys. I mean, honestly, like I agree with both of you on both of your points, and that's why both of those guys are in my honorable mentions. But for me to start off, I got Devonte Adams. For, for Green Bay. I, I think he's absolutely awesome. And he had 83 catches this year for just under 1,000 yards, 12 yards a catch or five touchdowns, helped Aaron Rodgers get this team to where it was this year. And he was um, hurt, too. Yeah, he was hurt for a good chunk. He was. He was. So that, those I, numbers could have been more. I, I, I think that he's going to be become that guy for, for Rodgers. For however much longer his career is, I, I just see that synergy between the two, and, and I love his ability to make plays. And that's why he's five. I mean, I'm not going to go deep into Cooper and Thielen, Will and Tom. You guys both did an awesome job describing them for what they are. The only thing I'll say about Cooper is he's, you know, he hasn't played great on the road, and especially in big games. And there's been a knock on him, especially by Rex Ryan, for whatever you think of him as an analyst. The guy gives up on certain routes and certain points at certain games. So that's why he didn't crack my top five. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to put Devontae Adams at five. Okay. All right, well, why don't we move on to your number four? I picked Julio Jones at four. I mean, I was, it was it was literally a toss-up, and I literally flipped a coin between him and Devontae Adams. Okay. Uh, Julio Jones is an absolute freak. And, you know, he just puts up huge numbers every year. Um 
the reason I put him at four is I just feel like Devontae Adams is more of a complete player, runs better routes, um, and he's a better blocker than Julio Jones, even though Julio Jones is very good at blocking. But uh, that's why I put Devontae Adams at three. Also, um, with Aaron Rodgers compared to Matt Ryan, uh, obviously there's a big description there. But legitimately, you know, you have he makes Geronimo Allison better and Marquez Valdez-Scantling better. I don't think Matt Ryan really makes the two Calvin Ridley better and whoever the three is in Atlanta right now. And, you know, more double teams come to Julio Jones, which limits his ability to make catches, get yards, get touchdowns compared to Devontae Adams. And that's why I put him at four. Hey, they're both on your list. That's a good point there. Sean, I had Devontae Adams. So, I mean, we already went into plenty of detail on him. So why don't we jump on to yours? I got Mike Evans at, at number four. Okay. I, I absolutely love this guy. And he, he, he did the best he could with Jameis. Um, and, you know, to catch eight touchdowns for 17.3 yards per catch and just over 1,150 yards. I just think the world of this guy. I don't know how you guys feel about him. The, the only reason I oh, – go ahead. Go ahead Sorry about that. Well, I like him, but, I mean, for me, I think if he has a great game, Chris Godwin, both of those guys are on my honorable mention. He doesn't have a good game. I think they take away from each other. And I know that's no – it's not really a knock on either of them, but I just thought there was five guys better than them kind of for that reason. I, I agree with that, and that's why I didn't put Mike Evans on there because I felt like this year with the emergence of Chris Godwin made Mike Evans better. If there wasn't no Chris Godwin, Mike Evans wouldn't be Mike Evans, if you know what I mean. So Chris Godwin made Mike Evans better by running the short and immediate routes and getting Mike Evans. So Because Mike Evans used to be double-teamed every single time, but now with the emergence of Chris Godwin, now you can't double-team both of them. So you have to pick which one you're going to double-team. And Chris Godwin had a huge year this year. That's why they're both on my honorable mention you make a great point there and, and i i still think evans put up great numbers even when he was getting double teamed he did um he made himself a really good wide receiver and he makes a lot of contested catches and he also finds himself open on plays that he necessarily shouldn't i totally hear both of your guys point and and to say he's an honorable mention makes sense i just think more of him than other people do and that's why he's my number four well, you also, you, you alluded to it, which is perfect, perfect example. Look what he did with Jameis Winston. It's not like he had, you know, Tony yeah. Romo throwing to him or Eli <laughs> in his prime, you know what I mean? Or Mark Sanchez in his prime. Oh. He had Jameis Winston throwing to him. You know, it, it wasn't like <laughs> yeah, a top five That was scummy. So, <laughs> that wasn't nice. <laughs> Listen, I like Mike Evans. I'm excited to see what both him and Godwin do with a, a legitimate quarterback, although he is old and Tom Brady. He's still in my top five for quarterbacks, so I'm excited to see what those two guys do. They were both in my honorable mention. You guys want to move on to number three? Sure, we'll start us off. Well, uh, I mean, mine's quick because we've already talked about him a lot, and I put, I put Devontae Adams at three, so... Okay. For number three for me, we've already spoken about Devontae Adams. We'll also mention him as his number four. I flip-flop the two. I had Julio Jones. I just think he edges him out a little bit. Um, I mean, 99 catches, almost 1,400 yards, 14.1 per reception, six TDs. And that's including the entire time when I think Matt Ryan went blind in the red zone for a couple weeks. I read an article about that. I don't know how true it was, but it seemed like it was fucking true. Um 
Yeah, I just think he's a top three wide receiver in the NFL, and I, I don't really see too much of a deba- debate except for Devontae Adams. I'm with you there. I got Julio number three, too. All right, you guys want to move on to number two? I think we're all in lockstep for our top two, just like quarterbacks. There's really no competition here. Yeah, I think these two these two are legitimately above and beyond everybody else with so I think, Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. I think we all had uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the new Arizona Cardinal, at number two. Um, Sean, why don't you give us your opinion on him, then we'll move on to Will. Sure. I mean, I just think the world of this guy. I just think that he's he's he sets himself apart from the other top echelon wide receivers, right? I mean, he gets himself over 100 receptions, over 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns this year. I mean, congratulations, Bill O'Brien. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. He you, made the worst you, trade you, ever. You, you decided to trade a guy for nothing. And for, again, Tom, you and I spoke about this on the pod. And, Will, I kind of want you to do a deep dive on this because I haven't heard your opinion on it. You know, a lot of people gave Dave Gettleman shit last year for the haul that they got for Odell. I think that looks like a gold mine compared to what Houston got for DeAndre Hopkins, who is a better can, player. You, can both, you both can go into this. I think Hopkins is better than Odell. and they I think we all do because Hopkins is on our list at number two, and none of us have named Odell yet. No, I, I would totally agree with Sean said. Dave, Dave Gettleman looks like a genius compared to Bill O'Brien. You literally got David Johnson, who is has no ACLs, gets hurt every year, and the Arizona Cardinals abused him in his you know in his early years, giving him the ball every single time because they had nobody else outside of Larry Fitzgerald. And now you get a bum, you know, probably second tier running back, and what a third and a fifth for the second best wide receiver in you give a third and a fifth for the second best wide receiver in the NFL, like. It makes no sense. Like, at least the, Gi- we'll at least the Giants. Well, you know we're having David Johnson on next week. All right. Well, Tom, I said he's a bum. <laughs> Keep going, buddy. I'm Leg- sorry. Legitimately, David Gettleman for Odell. Would you, you get a second? Would you get a first rounder for him? We got Jabril Peppers in the number seventeen overall pick. Yeah, perfect and a third You got you got Jabril Peppers who went healthy. Is it above average safety? And you got the seventeenth pick in the draft. For Odell Beckham Jr., yeah, which has turned into Dexter Lawrence, which we'll see what he what he turns into. But you, you didn't get a third and a fifth. And DeAndre Hopkins, which we all have alluded to, is better than Odell Beckham Jr. He's in a different class. Yeah, David Dave Gettleman looks like a genius compared to the Texans organization right now. He does. Tom, talk more about DeAndre Hopkins and why he's the number two wide receiver. Well, first of all, the thing that I, the reason why I have him listed as the number two wide receiver over anything else is when you need a big catch, whether it be a first down or just a big catch overall, um, there's nobody in the league I'm more confident throwing the ball to than DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's one of the most sure-handed wide receivers, not only off the snap at getting open, but just catching the ball ever. I totally agree with that. And to be honest with you, it was a, it was a, for me, it was a very close call for one and two. Because if you look at DeAndre Hopkins, how many thousand-yard seasons did he have with Tyler Savage and Brandon Whedon throwing him the football? Yeah, Brock you know, Osweiler. At least Michael, Brock Osweiler. Michael Thomas has Drew Brees throwing him the ball. So it's a little different. And DeAndre Hopkins is still putting up massive numbers where he's getting drafted in the first round of every fantasy draft. Yeah, no, I regardless completely... Regardless of who his quarterback is. I completely agree with you. I think if Mike Thomas had 
you know, a couple less receptions, I think all three of us would have had DeAndre Hopkins one. It's just the glaring year that Thomas had. I think that's the reason why all three of us had him over him, just by a hair. Really not by that much, at least in my opinion. I mean, I totally agree with that, and Sean, I'll hear from you after, is legitimately the guy's handle is can't guard Mike, and obviously there's a reason to that. The guy's the best wide receiver in football. No, I'm with both of you guys. I I, I don't have much more to, you know, contribute. You, you said everything that needs to be said. I mean, he's Hopkins, like Zeke. When, when you need a first down. For the fact that Michael Thomas is – catching passes from a future Hall of Famer, future first ballot Hall of Famer, and also has the ability with a lot of other top-end offensive weapons to create separation, get to where he needs to be on the football field, and he makes every single play every single time. And he's double-teamed every time. Yep. Yeah. And for me, DeAndre Hopkins, Sean, you said it earlier, he's like Zeke. When you need a first down and it's third and three and you're giving the ball to Zeke, I'm sure, Will, you're nice and comfy on the couch because you know he's going to get it. If it's third and eight and they're going to DeAndre Hopkins and you see that ball going towards him, you're comfy on the couch knowing he's going to catch that ball and he's going to figure out a way to get those eight yards. Period. 100%. All right, boys, let's move on to number one. Uh, Record-setting season for Mike Thomas. I think he definitely deserves to be the number one. 149 catches for 1,725 yards this season. Nine touchdowns on 185 ta- uh, targets. So he caught nearly, what's the math on that? Anybody want to tell me? 185 targets to 149 receptions? That's not my lane, man. I would say close to 85%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he caught The guy's nearly- getting 17 targets a game. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the best. I mean, what the fuck do we have to say? He's the best wide receiver in football. He won me a fantasy championship. Well, congratulations to you. No one cares. Hey. But with that being said, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, this guy, he's a great blocker. He's a great route runner. He's fast. He can go over the top. He can sit down in the middle. He'll make catches in traffic. What can he do? Nothing. Thank you, Will. Sean, you have any input there? Yeah, he, he does everything. Like <laughs> Thank you for that. I mean, you, you need a play, you draw up a play, he makes the play. There it's it as is. as simple as that. And, and, and for everybody that wants to say, like, oh, he has, you know, like I said before, he has a future Hall of Famer, future first ballot Hall of Famer thrown in the past, he still needs to get open and make those plays, and he does all the time. There's a reason Breeze's you know, career is extending to the point in which it is, and it's because of him. Yeah. He, he's, he's unbelievable. He's physical. He makes you know, contested catches. He creates the separation he needs to. He's incredible in the intermediate routes. He's also great on the deep ball. He gets the separation when he needs to from that cornerback and also is able to, you know, stave off the the uh, the middle linebacker for a quick cross route or a slant. He does everything. Uh, what more do you need to say? Yeah, he's the best wide receiver in football. There's not really much else to say. Why don't we move on to our honorable mention? Uh, Will, you want to go down your list? Yeah, sure. Um, my first honorable mention, and I don't know if you guys with this. Uh, my first honorable mention was Tyreek Hill. He's the on my I list. Tyre- the reason I picked Tyreek Hill as the first one is because he might be the most elusive wide receiver in football. He always gets open. He's so fast. And Patrick Mahomes always finds him. 
Also on that list, I had Amari Cooper. Um, I had Stefan Diggs. And then the two Bucks. I had um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Okay. It's a good list. Yeah, that is. Absolutely. Tom, how about you, man? So my first guy on the list, um, he's one of my favorite players, so I had to throw him on here when healthy, of course, is OBJ. After that, I have the two-headed monster down in Tampa Bay that Tom Brady gets to throw to now, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Tyreek Hill was on this list for me as well. And then, Sean, you know I had to cheat a little bit. I couldn't decide between these two guys, so I went Stefan Diggs as well as Adam Thielen. I couldn't decide, even though Diggs is over there in Buffalo now. um, I couldn't decide between the two, so I had to throw them both on there just to give them both a little love. Yeah. You are you, your rules are unbelievable. Um, I went Odell. I went Adam Thielen. I went Amari Cooper. I went Tyree Kill. And guys, just to give you a change up, I went Keenan Allen too. I think he's really good. Oh, I love Keenan Allen. I just think he gets buried out there, and I guess they're in LA now. I almost said San Diego. Um, nice. And he's just a product of not being on a great team. Um, and I just I think don't he's think forgotten that's a take about. Away from how good he is. No, I agree with you. I think I'm giving you the reason of more why I forgot to put him on this list is just because, and that guy is automatic when healthy for a thousand plus yard season. Another great route runner. Will you really seem to be into the route running? He's a great route runner as well. He definitely is, and the the only reason I didn't put him on the list is because of the health concerns. You know? Yep. So it, with with everything he has going on, but when he is healthy, he is one of the best route runners in football, and. Like you said, puts up in a thousand yard season like it's easy, and he yeah, also man. makes tough and, catches, and, and, and he has great hands. Oh, he does. And, and to your point, I mean, you know, Thielen only played ten games this year, but I, I still have him in my honorable mentions because of the significance he has to his team. I don't know what Stefan Diggs is without Adam Thielen. I don't know. We're what gonna find out. Is. Yeah, exactly, dude. They and have Cole Beasley. <laughs> true, Cole true. Beasley, and I, I don't know what any of the Chargers guys are. I don't know what Williams is without Keenan Allen. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to reverberate what you guys said about Cooper and Hill and Thielen. You all made great points. I got to put Odell on this list. He's had just the worst luck, of course. He's had a decaying Eli Manning with no offensive line, and then he had Baker Mayfield with no offensive line. I'm not that high on Baker, and, I, and that offensive line was horrible. He just has been put in terrible situations, but what he's done in the limited time that he's been a receiver with about as poor of quarterback and line play as you can have, the guy's just fucking amazing. Well, yeah, you, no, I, I, you didn't have him I, on I your list. Odell, no, I didn't put Odell on my list, and there's one reason one reason only. Odell is a significant talent, and when it was, he was on the Giants, it was legitimately just Odell and Sterling Shepard as a rookie. So, obviously, Odell Shine. But the reason I didn't put him on my list this year is because he got outshined by Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is a quick screen wide receiver, five-yard slam wide receiver. And he got outshined. He speaks to Baker Mayfield. Oh, 100%. But I'm also, that's why I didn't put him. <laughs> like, because it also, it has you. to do with I, I what team you're on. don't back it up, but yeah. I, it's, it depends I, I on what know. team you're on, you know. It, it, you could be the best wide receiver in football, which Odell could have been at one point. But if your quarterback's not making throws to you and he'd rather throw to a guy that's running a five-yard slant or a bubble screen, he's going to throw to that guy, and that's why Jarvis Landry had a better year. Yeah, I agree with that. I still think Odell is young enough to be to, to break his way into the top five with a good season or two. But 
I mean, he has Giants records that weren't surpassed by receivers who spent 10 years there. I mean, and not only he's was great. he only there for four years, he was there on bad teams. Like, that speaks to how good he is. And I'm probably biased, obviously, as a Giant fan, but I, I just don't know how he's not a top 10 wide receiver. And But, Will, I hear you. Yep. All right, hey, Tom, I bet you five bucks that uh, he's got Evan Ingram in his top five. Oh, shit. Nope. No, oh well, yo, let me get that Venmo. Um, yo, I'll Venmo you. <laughs> all right, boys, let's move on. Right Speaking now, of tight baby, ends, right now. Speaking of tight ends, <laughs> I didn't even have him in my honorable mention, to be quite honest with you. Um, let's move on to the tight end position, our final skill position for the night. Well, why don't you lead us off being our guest again? Name your top five and don't be a dick like Sean. We'll wait for the stats until after we've all named. I already said that I made a mistake and I won't do it again, and I didn't for receivers, so be quiet. So I feel like our top three are all going to be the same, but uh, I went on this year and how they're going to do on their team. So with number five, I went with Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh. Number four, I went Darren Waller in Oakland. Number three, I went Zach Ertz in Philly. Number two, George Kittle in San Francisco. And then obviously number one, Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. Tom? All right. Number five, I went Hunter Henry. Number four, I went Darren Waller, the baller. Number three, I went Zach Ertz. Number two, I went Travis Kelsey. And number one, I went George Kittle. All right, boys. We have our top three together. They're just in different orders. I have Mark Andrews at five. I have Austin Cooper at four. I have Zach Ertz at three. I have George Kittle at two and Travis Kelsey at one. All right, well, why don't we jump into your number five? I just took Eric Ebron because, uh, you know, he's going to Pittsburgh, and I feel like he has the time to shine there. They really just have him and Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, obviously Washington has come up last year as a rookie, but I feel like he's going to get a lot of time at tight end and a lot of catches, a lot of targets there. And he did good in, you know, um, Indianapolis. I mean, they ran a two-tight end system, but I think – Pittsburgh only runs a one, and he's the leading tight end there. So I think he's going to get a lot of receptions and a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. Okay. All right, so moving on to my number five, I went Hunter Henry. I think when healthy, he's definitely deserving to be on this list. Came back late last year and still had almost 700 yards receiving. Um, He also had five touchdowns somehow, and he really didn't play that many games. I don't know who's playing quarterback there, whether it be Tyrod Taylor or some other rando, but maybe Jameis. You never know. Um, But I think he is a top five tight end. Dude, you speak my language. He's just right outside my top five, but I really wanted to put him there. I got Mark Andrews, uh, 98 targets for 64 receptions, had just over 850 yards receiving for 13 yards per, uh, per reception and 10 touchdowns. They traded Hayden Hurst this year, so they obviously want to make him their featured guy. And he was a huge security blanket for uh, for Omar Jackson and what made part of what made that Raven offense so formidable. Um, I just like him a lot as a player. I, I hear both of your points. I'm just going to put him there for me. All right, man. Well, why don't we move on to number four for you? Okay. I took uh... – 
I took, uh, as Tom says, Darren the baller waller, or Darren Waller the baller, uh, at four. I mean, now that marijuana is legal, the guy's a stud. (laughs) Nice. Way to get that one in there. He's coming Um, on next week, too. I'll let him know you said that. Him and David Johnson? Yes. Uh, A bomb and a pothead. Got it. Um, So, legitimately, if you look at his year last year, the guy was unbelievable. Every time that, you know, Derek Carr needed to make a throw on third and three, Darren Waller was wide open. The guy can stretch the field, run the seam route, just like Travis, a poor man, Travis Kelsey. And uh, he makes all the catches. That's why he's in my top five. Yeah, um, he is my number four as well, Will. We're on the same page there. 1,145 yards receiving. Not too many touchdowns to go around out there in Oakland, but he did grab three of them. I think he's definitely the number four best tight end in the league. Sean? Yeah, he's in my honorable mention. I like him a lot for all the reasons you guys talked about. I like Austin Hooper, though. He had 75 catches for just over 780 yards, over uh, 10.5 yards per catch, and he had six touchdowns. And, you know, we talked about Cleveland briefly before. I think he's going to do wonders for that Cleveland offense as a blocker and also as a pass catcher. Really, he's probably going to help out Baker a lot. So I'm going to put him up in my top four, not only based off what he did last year, but what I think he's going to do in 2020. Okay. I mean, I'm interested to see how it goes out there. They had a decent tight end in Njoku. Obviously not the talent level or the blocker of, of Hooper, but... I mean, he's no scrub, so I think that was more on Baker than it was than it would be Hooper making him better. We're going to find out, right? Damn right. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to number three. I think we have the same across the board. Will? Zach Ertz. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, I, 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 Zach Ertz would have been higher for me, but the emergence of Dallas Goddard at that second tight end. And Zach Ertz had a little bit of an injury issue with the rib, broken rib. Uh, against Dallas, but yeah, still got just under catch. a thousand yards for the season. Yeah, guy makes every catch. You know, another guy that you know third and three, and you need that first down. And you don't have a running game. Zach Ertz is getting open. Yep, especially Absolutely. when nobody else on that team can catch the ball. Not the world's greatest blocking tight end, but this league is a pass-heavy league, and I think you definitely want him in your top three and want him on your team. Yeah, and he, he, and he really came alive when they needed him the most last year. And he was injury, you know, riddled heading into the latter stages of the season. But there weren't anybody, there weren't many other players for, for Wentz to throw the ball to. And, and he came alive in a big way, especially down the stretch in a lot of those games late. So I think you got to put him in the top three. Yep, absolutely. All right. We all had him there. Why don't we move on to number two? Will, I think you're at Kittle. Yeah, so uh, I know me and Sean both have the same 2-1, and uh, I want to hear your opinion why you didn't put Travis Kelsey ahead of George Kittle uh, right after I explained George Kittle. George Kittle, is he does it all. The only reason that I put him second compared to Travis Kelsey is two words, Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes always looks for Travis Kelsey. That's their number one. And the guy's unbelievable. He can pass block. He can run routes. He makes the tough catches. He's fast. I just want to know why you put George Kittle ahead of Travis Kelsey. The reason why I put George Kittle over Travis Kelsey was for the same reason why you put um, Kelsey number one. For me, it was just I think that I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes brought Kelsey to that next level, and I think Kittle would be the same 
if put in Kansas City. I also think he's a little bit better of a blocker, and he gets more yards after the catch. That's a run-heavy offense. He's still had over 1,000 yards receiving. If you put him on a pass-heavy team, I think he definitely either gets the 1,230 yards that Travis Kelsey did or maybe even eclipses that. So for me, honestly, it was like you with Julio Jones and Devontae Adams. Flip the coin on that one. I think they're 1A and 1B. I just threw Kittle there because I like his game a little bit better at number one. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Will, you and I agree. I mean, I love Kittle. and he, He's awesome, and he's probably the number one on that team. But I also think that, you know, de facto that Kelsey is for Kansas City. I think I think Kansas City goes as Kelsey goes. And I know we've had Gronk and we've had Kittle and we've transitioned into this different era of tight end, but you don't think I Kansas would City would you don't think Kansas City would still be a decent team if 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 uh if Travis Kelsey got hurt, because I think they have a much better chance of making the playoffs if they lost Kelsey than than um, San Francisco does if they lose Kale. I think they're a decent team. I don't think they're a championship team, and that's what we're talking about. Kittle makes or uh, Kelsey makes Kansas City a championship team. I agree uh, with you, and I think Kittle I, brought I, them I right love, to a I Super love Bowl. Kittle, and this is not a knock on Kittle, and I just. Freaking Kelsey's done it longer, and he's done it better for that amount of time. I mean, that game that they lost to Mariota a couple years ago, Kelsey was a monster. The game they lost to Pittsburgh the, that year before, he was a monster. He, he is absolutely unbelievable, and that's not to knock, you know, Kittle. He, he's the same way. I've just seen Kelsey do it longer and now he has a Super Bowl championship, I, I just think that if I'm going to rank tight ends and say I have to have one for the next couple years, I'll say Kelsey. But that's not to not Kittle. They're both awesome. All right, I'll give you guys Kelsey. Give me Kittle. I think we'll both end up doing all right. Why don't we run through Will's honorable mention? Okay. Um, so my honorable mentions might be a little different from yours. Um I mean, I know Tom had him in his top five, but my first honorable mention is Hunter Henry. As Tom alludes to, when the guy's healthy, he's unbelievable. I think he's a smaller version of Gronkowski, runs great routes, can pass block. Also on there, I had O.J. Howard, just because Tom Brady loves his tight ends. So I think he's going to have a great year this year. Um, then I had Mark Andrews, as you know, everything Sean said about him, a big security blanket for Lamar Jackson. And then my last two, um, talk about a veteran, and I think I think a guy when he's healthy, he's still very good in Greg Olson. Okay. Um, and then last one is a shocker, even though I'm biased, and you know this is his time to shine, knowing that he's the number one tight end. And just remember the name, boys, Blake Jarwin. Okay. We'll have to see that one. I do like his talent, though. I do too. Tom, how about you, man? For me, the list goes as follows. Eric Ebron, Kyle Rudolph, Mark Andrews, Jared Cook, and O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard I threw on there at as the last one. Hasn't put up great numbers down in Tampa, but Will already said everything about it. Tom Brady loves his tight ends. Yep. I have Hunter Henry. Um, we spoke about him. I've got, the, I've got uh, Waller there at number two. I've got O.J. Howard at number three for the reasons you guys spoke about. I got Delaney Walker. I still think the guy, I mean, as as much as he's hurt, he's still such an impact player. 
and he makes so many. I just good wish plays. he could stay on the field, man. Exactly. Every man. year, and that, yeah. and that hurts. And that's what's going to lead me to my last guy. And it's really funny because I thought I was going to have to dispute you guys for why I didn't like him, because I thought you guys were putting him higher. And now all of a sudden I'm going to have to defend him. Is Evan Ingram? Is the guy? The guy is constantly hurt. He drops passes constantly. But God damn, when he makes plays, is he great? And he will be a top seven or six tight end picked consensusly this year by fantasy holders. And it's just because of it's that. It's based off that upside, of course. Yeah. 100%. I, I, it's all about I, upside. I, I, I don't love him. I, I've been, for the last couple of years, Tom, you know this. I, I've been screaming about him as to why he's never available and why he drops passes. But when he makes plays and he's on the field and he's healthy – he is dynamic as it gets, but yeah. that's why he's the last of my honorable mentions. I, I agree with you completely. It's funny because me and Will didn't have him on the list, but I guarantee you when we get into fantasy football next season, after looking at our list, I bet you he gets drafted in front of everybody from Waller on. I think it goes Waller, and then and then you're looking at Evan Ingram, and then the rest of the guys are going to fall. I think yeah, only Kittle. He has all that upside that you want to talk about. Absolutely, well, I think Kittle, Kelsey, and Ertz are pretty much the only guys. A game like he did in Week Three against Tampa, where he makes two catches and he takes it the distance for over thirty yards, and like you know, he's horrible in the pass game or in the uh, run blocking game, and but. His I mean, he's a wide receiver playing tight end. Let's face facts. Yeah, his big playability is just tantalizing. As I think he's a lot. I think he's a lot more fun. He's a fantasy players player as opposed to a guy you want to have on your regular on your team. Right. I think he's a top ten tight end, but I have him at the very bottom of my list because I think all the other guys are just better and more dependable, and I think that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree with that. Oh, before you guys go, I, I just wanted to hear, uh, probably I would go QB wide receiver and running back probably because those are the biggest three positions in football. Out of the names we have named, I was curious if you guys had any insight on which guys you're looking forward to watch this year. Um, for me, I'm looking forward to watching Hopkins the most with Kyler Murray out of this entire list. Who about you, Sean? Damn good one. I'd probably put that right up there, right? I, it's hard to refute that. You want to see the former number one overall pick throw to a top one or two wide receiver. Um, yeah, I, I think by default I'm going to agree with Tom. How about you, Will? To be honest with you, I, I, I think we all know where it's going to go. But I really want to see the connection between Joe Burrow and A.J. Green, a healthy A.J. Green in Cincinnati. Okay. Is he healthy or is, or, and is he bought in? Because I think that's going to be another big part. Yeah, good point. Uh, I mean, I think he needs to buy in if he wants a contract. They franchise tagged him. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll have a problem getting a job anyway because it's just going to be a guy who is on an awful team that you can sign to a, a minimum deal. or. A, well, if he wants that money, he's going to have a good year. Yeah, so I just want to see how Joe Burrow is in the NFL. True. Oh yeah, that's I, another I good one. Is. That's a good one. That that's definitely off the cuff, and I, I and I totally dig it. You're well, obviously we, prepping for that. Well, we haven't spoken to you in a while. Um, why don't you just give us a status update on your? Um, let us know how you feel about probably the best chance in a long time for your Kansas Jayhawks to win a title 
and that being stripped out of your hands, out of your cold, bloody, dirty hands. And, uh, well, you know, being being an alumnus, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, being an alumni, you know, looking at probably at the best team in the country. You know, you had the, one of the best point guards in the country, and a guy that, in my opinion, outside of Obi Toppin, should have won player of the year, and Edoka Azabuga. Yeah, he's not going to be a good NBA player. But the guy's seven feet tall. He runs the floor, and, you know, there's nobody better in the low block in college basketball than Udoka Azabuki. And Kansas would have won the national championship this year, and it's just, it, it is upsetting, and they probably won't win another one for another 15 years. So, Are you counting this one as, a, as kind of a half a championship? Yeah, I already bought a T-shirt saying 2020 national champions. I am, not, I am not surprised a Dallas Cowboys fan would do something about that. Speaking of the Cowboys, how are you feeling about the team looking ahead to the draft? How do you feel they did in free agency? Just give us kind of a feeling of the pulse, if you will. Um, I'm actually very happy, to be honest. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, I talked Joe's ear off to death, my brother. Um, he always tells me to shut up when I talk about it because it's April. But legitimately, I, you know, I like it. We have a whole new coaching regime in there with uh, big Mike McCarthy in there, and I'll take him over Jason Garrett any day of the week, which I think both of us would. It's about time. Both of us would. Um, but you, you look what they did in the free agency. They, they beefed up that defensive line. They got Dontari Poe. They got Gerald McCoy. And then you have a guy like Randy Gregory who's a pothead. You have him on the pod? I don't know if you are or not. No, he's not coming on the pod, but, man, okay, you're okay, really good, against pod. Are, were you a Ronald Reagan fan or maybe a Nancy Reagan fan? It I sounds was a big, like... Nan, big Nancy Reagan fan. <laughs> but um, I, I like what Dallas did in the offseason, shoring up that defensive line, knowing that they lost Byron Jones and free agency to the Dolphins. I mean, he signed – he's the most paid corner in football right now, which is ridiculous because Stephon Gilmore is significantly better. But, you know, the Dolphins gave him that money. We weren't going to give him that money. So they showed up that defensive line to get the pressure on the quarterback. So if our secondary is decent, it's okay, which I'm okay with. And I'm hoping in the first round, and I think we have the 17th pick, that we draft that uh, corner out of Florida. I forget his name. But um, that's that's who I would want with the first pick. Um, and then we'll go from there. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I do not know personally, because, you know, we haven't talked in a while, but I don't know if <laughs> – Dak Prescott's going to play on a franchise tag. I don't know if he's going to hold out for a contract or whatever, or, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, I, I, I could see, you know, um, Dak doing a whole Joe Flacco thing like, hey, listen, I'm going to do me. We're going to get to the Super Bowl. Not that we're going to get to the Super Bowl. But, you know, if he has a great year, like, listen, pay me my money or I'm gone. Like, I'm not going to sign another franchise tender. So, I mean, the guy's not going to get $40 million somewhere else. Nobody's going to pay Dak Prescott $40 million. Is he a 30 and a $33.5 million quarterback a year? Yeah, that's the going rate now. Thanks, Matt Stafford. But, you know, the, the, I mean, I, I look up for Dallas. You know, I, I'm thinking 10 and 6, 11 and 5 with the first team there. You know, I think their Vegas odds are 9.5. I, I would take the over. Um, you know, I would probably take the under on the Giants at six and a half. Sorry, Sean, but uh, you know, I think the over on the Jets. I, I would take the over on the Jets. You know, it's, uh, I think they're at, I think they're at seven, so I would take the over on the Jets. Uh, you know, even though I, I don't think Adam Gase is the fit there, I think they I have a, that. They, I think they have a good thing going. Sam Darnold's going to have a huge year this year. I think. Uh, I think you, you you either draft a nice wide receiver in the first round, C.D. Lamb. Or, you know, like a Jerry Judy, you know, Sean's boy, Jerry Judy. Um, or you go but, online. Uh, or you go online. Well, you know what? You, what you can do is you go just trade back, you know, get another wide receiver. That kid from Colorado with the weird name that I don't know is an absolute stud, and I think he's going to be good. I think he's another, like, Larry Fitzgerald type of receiver. Like that. Um, 
But, uh, you know, it's all looking up for the Jets, and it's all looking down for the Giants, and it couldn't make me happier. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you feel that way. Fuck you, and you're right. <laughs> you, you seem like you're in good spirits with your Cowboys, a little disappointed in the Jayhawks. Obviously, we're all upset about the Yankees not playing baseball right now. What are you boys doing with your quarantine live? Sean, we haven't spoken about it in about a week, and Will, we haven't spoken about it at all. So why don't, why don't Sean, you go first. Give me a quarantine update. Have you lost your mind as I did? Well, I, I haven't hit breaking point yet, but <laughs> I certainly shit am close, man. Um, I've honestly just been thinking about doing the pods i mean uh frenchy was home for for like four or five days so give him a kiss a give him a big red draft. kiss on the lips big time um <laughs> that's his roommate right that's his boyfriend slash him. roommate oh boyfriend got it uh, yeah that's right so i told him to save it for the pod um save the kissing do. for the pod. and uh was it closed mouth open mouth oh they're tongue yes. come on they're big tongue guys <laughs> yes um <laughs> And uh, no, I've just been just been hanging out, man. Just trying to distract myself as much as I possibly can from this shit. Um, the Giants Patriots Super Bowl game was on the other day, which I didn't know until like four thirty. So I only watched the fourth quarter, which was awesome. Um, I finished Tiger King, as I said, tremendous. There's going to be a lot more on it. Apparently, did you watch so. that second, that final? It was a stupid thing. They hyped it up, and then it was just uh, like a fucking interview thing. It was trash. Okay. Don't um, watch it. I'm thinking of starting Westworld. That's gonna, I think that's going to be my next one. I started um, it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've heard good things. I've heard bad things, but it's caught my interest somewhat slightly, so I think that's going to be my next venture. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Will and Tom, you guys just fucking go. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, uh, unlike Sean, I've hit the breaking point. I watched the 2019 Cowboy season in full in the last week and a half. Wow. Uh, but, yeah. That sounds uh, like torture. It was torture because <laughs> I hate Jason Garrett even more now. <laughs> Have fun, Sean. Um, He's an but, offensive coordinator, man. He can clap all the fuck he wants. He's not calling the team. Yeah, well, when you're losing 30-3, to 3, you'll be clapping a lot. But anyway... Well, that'll um, probably be more because, you know, we don't have talent. That's true. Um, but, uh, yeah, Netflix, I'm watching The Walking Dead for probably the 57th time. Um, I just started Castle Rock on Hulu, Stephen King. Pretty okay. very... It's actually very good. I just finished All-American, which is... Uh, that's on Netflix, like, right? Yeah, that's on Netflix. Uh, they're coming out with season three in October, which will probably be quarantine until then. <laughs> but um, very good as well. Um that's basically it, you know, just uh, living life and enjoying every day, I guess, in my apartment. <laughs> best you and can. That's, uh, do it the best you can, you know what I mean? I, I got a great roommate. and uh, Joey. Joe Smith, shout out to Joe Smith, legend. <laughs> uh, we play darts all the time. I might be a professional dart player in about a year from now. That's and, good. Uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, I'll have a, a sorry sports uh, polo that I wear supporting you guys. That'd be dope. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll make it in the big time. I love it. Tom, Tom, what was your breaking point? Well, as I alluded to last time, my breaking point was kind of with the vacuuming. I went through a little thing there about picking up (laughs) dust with my hands, following the vacuum around. Um, 
I I haven't vacuumed since. I have since spoken to my therapist on the phone. We're doing a little better here, but not much. My hair is an absolute fucking mess. Um, still you thinking. You're blonde yet, right? Sean, no. he, I, even I saw it today. He yeah, FaceTimed me. He's like, "Is your hair better than mine?" And he's like, "Yep, it is. It is better than mine." <laughs> All right, yes. fine. I, listen, I don't care what kind of like confidence you need, bro. Fake confidence, real confidence. I'm not going to be the one to judge hair because mine obviously is what it is. But please don't go bleach. Like, do not do the blonde thing. Platinum listen. blonde. No. Every day it takes all my strength to not drive down the street to, t- to um, CVS and get that blonde no, hair dye. No, I, I will tell you that you're the most beautiful thing in the world <laughs> if it stops you from doing that shit. Listen, well, man, like agree? I said, Bieber no. did it. Oh, fuck no. you. Bieber did it. <laughs> what? Eminem did it. Timberlake did it. I forgot you're about that. You're not in that category. I'm throwing myself in the mix, baby. I'm right there. No. I, I think you, you might have you might have found your bet for this uh, upcoming football season. <laughs> That's something I no, want to do, bro. To do it. That's the problem. <laughs> Yo, Sean, how was eating at McDonald's all the time? You didn't do it. Yet. Uh, no, we didn't do it. We're not. We can't do anything. <laughs> we can't even leave the house, Will. <laughs> That's very true. Although we probably <laughs> McDonald's drive-through is still open. Right now. Oh, I don't know what, what the is. fuck Tom's concoct. The only bad thing about this is, is that the water's getting warmer, and Tom has longer times to think of the most disgusting concoctions of these fast food places. <laughs> oh, Sean, Sean, the other thing I started, you're never going to guess what it is. I started watching Game of Thrones. Uh, I, you, you, you gave the signal to that yeah i'm on episode six it's 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 okay not enough sex if you ask me (laughs) it'll pick up i'm sure i mean listen i i'm getting tired of the regular pornos i've been quarantined let's face facts here i i want i started watching it because if you're if you're looking for the sex scenes i can give you a lot of suggestions to quicker avenues than having to sit through game of thrones well, maybe next podcast we can talk about our favorite categories for porn, but I think we're going to leave that oh. alone on this one. Yeah, I'm with you on that. We'll leave it. We'll yeah, leave we, it. we may have to be quarantined for another year to get into that one. But listen, Game of Thrones is decent. Not enough sex scenes. I think half of the people are scumbag characters, but I guess that's what they were going for. Decent show. Wouldn't put it up there with Breaking Bad. Wouldn't put it up there with Mad Men. It's eh. No. Or Sopranos. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't be crazy. Exactly. Well, I think my advice to you, expand your horizons. You, The Walking Dead, you don't have to watch that. Like, nobody's making you watch that. You can watch like something else. Because that's what this coronavirus is going to turn to, The Walking Dead. And guess who's prepared? This guy. Yeah, I guess you're just going to be fucking chucking darts at people when they turn into zombies, huh? <laughs> I'll be hitting the bullseye every time, my friend. <laughs> All right, well... Anybody got anything else? Any advice for Corona? Anything? Just stay the fuck inside. Thank you for that. All right, guys. Well, it's been fun. Thank you, Will, for coming on. It's always great to have you. Guys, always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, we'll be back at some point with um, a a little what? What are we doing next? MLB, Sean? We got MLB, we got NBA, and then we got uh, 
front, the French five. Coming All right. Out, so. Sounds good. Again, thanks to Will and stay the fuck inside. See you later, everybody. Take care, guys. Like an infant on a double D titty, just getting drunk. Cause you miscalculated the next to the, the last pump. Jump, dump in the gut, wrong from the giddy up. Better choose the right one or pick, pick the kitties up. So, shit.